in Houston, I'm John Herter. Tuesday, 15th of June. Great as always to have you along, everybody. In a nutshell, from the experts, it's a compressed virtual networking accelerator, helping people across industries connect very quickly in a brief, moderated, interactive show format. It's like a TED Talk with interactive discussion. So what's in it for you? Well, the FTE promise, if all goes well, your curiosity sparked, new ideas come to light, and you may have helped yourself and someone else solve a problem, make a connection, reach that opportunity faster. Networking has never been more important to your business. So today's show offers 15 more minutes of bonus time with our guest expert in a smaller breakout room directly following the regular show. Everybody gets invited and you'll choose if you want to join in. Folks, help me welcome our guest expert, Josh Mank, project manager that's worked with Arion for, sorry, sorry, that's worked with Arion uh, since uh, 2018. And he's also a 12 year veteran in the engineering and construction business delivering to the energy, oil and gas sector. Starting from the ground floor, Josh has been instrumental in building up the systems and tools that Arion uses to execute their projects. In our first conversation, Josh made it clear that his number one focus today is on taking full advantage of the hybrid work solution opportunity, giving Arion a competitive advantage into the future. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for taking time today to share a little bit about what you're facing and some of the lessons learned in this hybrid environment. Thanks, John. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to come on and talk about this. Uh, I think it's something that a lot of organizations are struggling with right now and uh, trying to look into the future on how they're going to proceed as we kind of move past the pan pandemic and, and, and look to the future of how we're going to accomplish work. And so um, at Arion, we've implemented a hybrid work structure, and we really believe that that is going to be the future going forward. And so uh, really appreciate the chance to talk about this and, and share with you guys the experience that Arian's had and then also get some feedback from you guys on what what's going on with other businesses and other industries uh, and, and how you guys are making some of the decisions that, are, that you're making. And so yeah, really looking forward to the discussion today. All right, so I'll go ahead and get us started with uh, uh, just an overview of what I'm hoping you guys can take away from this. Um, just the, uh, uh, when I thought about the, the key reasons for the success of the hybrid work environment at Arion um, and what we've done through the pandemic that has made this successful. Um, I really kind of bullet it down to these three, um, these three elements, uh, deploy a flexible ecosystem, uh, be ready to experiment and then listen to your teams. Um, and I know those, those sounds uh, pretty, pretty cheesy on the face, but I'm hoping uh, when you dive into what we've done, you'll, you'll see that that is really what it, you really need as an organization in order to be able to, to move forward in this environment. All right, so start with uh, deploying a flexible ecosystem. So Arion has been blessed in the fact that we haven't had uh, a bunch of legacy IT tools. We were able to start uh, just a little over a couple of years ago, um, starting as a cloud first organization. And so what that means is we started from the beginning saying that we weren't going to deploy any on-premise assets. We weren't gonna stand up any servers. We were gonna deploy everything in the cloud. And what that has given us um, is the ability to be very flexible in the way that we work. 
Um, we wanted to have a system that would be able to easily scale up and scale down very quickly. We wanted a, a system that would allow us to experiment and fail fast. Um, if it's really easy for us to spin up new servers and uh, new VMs in the cloud and then be able to check out to see if uh, a new software solution or new process is going to work. And if it works, then great. We'll, uh, we can scale it up really quickly. Um, if it doesn't, well, then we can just shut it off really fast and it in, ends up not being very costly of an experiment. Um, and so with that, we've been able to be very iterative in the way that we've uh, deployed our solutions. And we've learned very quickly over time um, how, to, how to adapt to new situations. And so it actually uh, set us up very well going into the pandemic um, to, to be very flexible as an organization, be able to really work from anywhere. Um, and so it, it was helpful to, to be in the cloud, to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to start there um, and, and, and transition to work from anywhere is enabled through this process. All right, and so next, I think we had a poll question. Did you go ahead and get that going? The, it's the one about uh, what kind of support yeah, you got it. Can you see it? You guys see the poll question? I cannot see the poll question. We do uh, not. Let me try and send that out real quick. Right. It's uh, there we go. Let me know if we see that. Yep, we got it. And so with this one, uh, I was just interested to see uh, out there, what all is everybody doing, um, supporting, uh, supplying support for their employees, what they've been doing through the pandemic and then what they're gonna be doing going forward. Um, just interested to see uh, what, uh, what amount of support for home office setups are out there amongst your organizations. Got it. I'm gonna close it here in a minute. Just broadcast it, Boris. There we go. All right. Yeah. So it looks like it is actually a pretty common uh, setup. You guys are all doing something very similar to what Ariane's doing. Um, go to the next slide. Um, yeah. And so that's 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 the solution we've arrived at as well, um, providing essentially the same setup uh, at at the our office here um, and also uh, at, at the home offices. Um, consisting of two monitors, uh, a docking station, keyboard and mouse, and, and a headset like I've got on now. Um, and so that's the only equipment that we're having to travel between home and the office or wherever we're going to be, uh, be working uh, is just the laptop. Um, and so we did a lot of work making sure that everything was going to instantly connect um, in both locations. Everything was going to work um, a simple, through a simple VPN access to, to, uh, from anywhere. Uh, and we've maintained that uh, that focus um, through through everything we've done in order to be able to be uh, as flexible as we possibly can be. All right. And so I think there was one. There's another poll question that comes up next. Can you pull up the second one, please? All right, so the question is going forward, how many days will you require employees to work from their office um, or uh, in, in, from the office, it should say, um, as opposed to working from home? So how many days is everyone coming into the office at your organization? Interesting. 
They were at about 68 percent. 75. Last entry, put it on there in there, folks. All right. So look, it's entry. Did you share it? There we go. Oh wow! So it's actually a lot of undecided. I'm actually I'm I'm surprised by that. Um, I guess um, for someone who said undecided, could could didn't could anybody talk about why uh, they're they're undecided? Is it they have just haven't gone back uh, to the office yet, or um, but what why why is there this much uncertainty? There there wasn't an option up there for people who were going to stay at home. So really, we have, we have probably twenty percent of our staff that are going to stay at home full time. Okay, so you're going to actually have a mix of employees of uh, mm-hmm. working uh, from home entirely, staying at home, um, right. and then some of your, or I guess, there's the rest of your organization, Sean, going to be coming into the office full time, or are they are they okay, ours, fewer days. Ours is about twenty percent at home, about twenty percent full time in the office, and then the rest will go in two to two to three days a week as needed. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. And that's actually, uh, that might play into some of the discussion that I want to have a little bit later about office space in particular and how you're actually uh, going to capitalize on some of this, uh, on, on this capability. And so, yeah, yeah hold that thought because uh, I definitely want to talk about more, that, more about that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what Ariane has done. And we, this is part of us being ready to experiment. Um, we've, we've actually changed what we've been doing several times uh, over the course of the past year, uh, starting with the pandemic schedule of, of course, everyone working from home. We did that from March of 2020 through October of 2020. Um, and then we returned to the office uh, starting in October of 2020. Uh, we went to this uh, blue team, green team, white team schedule where uh, we split up the various projects that we that we manage into these different teams. Had some people coming in on Monday and Wednesdays, and others coming in on Tuesday and Thursdays. And then with uh, management coming in as a part of the white team on Tuesday and Wednesday, hoping to get FaceTime with everyone um, over those two days. Um, and so that worked for a little while. We did. We got some more uh, survey data from our employees. Um, and then we, uh, after their feedback, decided to go to this uh, a little more consistent uh, Monday, Tuesday schedule, um, and then uh, Wednesday, Thursday schedule for the green team. Um, but then much more recently, um, as a lot of our partner companies um, are, are coming back to the office and they, they have their own um, uh, schedules that, uh, for a hybrid workplace uh, that they're establishing, um, we've, we've realized we're having to sync a little bit more with, uh, especially our clients. Um, and that's why it's pushed us to this Tuesday, Thursday schedule that we're currently in now. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, that's a question I have for you guys is actually, um, how are you managing the, uh, uh the interfaces amongst other organizations as well? Are you like taking that into account of, of how you're, um, having to, to manage a, a hybrid workplace or is it, uh, um, is it, is it factoring into your thoughts at all? Hi there. Uh, my name is Talia. I'm from a company called Innerspace in Canada. Um, one thing that we have a lot of our clients doing is using our technology because then they don't have to come up with a type of schedule. Instead, um, it gives employees the choice 
uh, of when they want to come in. And then those who are managing facilities are able to then see how often people are coming in, what times are really busy, what times are not busy, um, as well as putting uh, types of digital signage in lobbies, um, as well as integrating with employee apps. So you can kind of know before you even show up to the office um, how busy it's going to be on that day. Oh, so that's interesting. So you're, you're not actually, your, your technology is proposing uh, that we wouldn't uh, schedule uh, the, the times people are coming into the office uh, day to day. You would instead give that entirely to the employees to be able to determine for themselves when is the right time to come into the office. Did I get that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so that's, that, that's a model that we're absolutely considering now, right? As far as um, of what's, uh, what does the future look like for, um, for scheduling office space and actually uh, uh, maximizing the use of our office space. Uh, if you look at our current schedule, we're only coming in the office two days a week. And so that means that our office is sending empty for a, a large periods of time. Um, and so uh, what we're trying to figure out now is, okay, how do we actually maximize the use of the office space or, or minimize the amount of office space that we have? Uh, and that's one of the solutions that we're considering is if we stop trying to schedule out when we're using the office, give that back over to the employees of when it makes sense for them to come in and then watch what the actual utilization is to be able to reduce the amount of office space. And so that's definitely something we're considering and that's, uh, I appreciate your plug in for, for that technology being out there. All right, so um, I think we do have one more poll question. Before I move on to this next slide, yeah, and that's and that that is what uh, uh, this this is the basis of that discussion that I wanted to have. Of what are your plans on reducing office footprints? Uh, do you think that uh, you're going to be able to reduce office footprint in the future? Do you have plans to do that? Uh, do you not know now? What's uh, what what is the thinking out there? Got about half. Respondents in. All right, let's go ahead and uh, finish up and then we'll close out the results. There All right, so yeah, about half of people are planning on reducing uh, their office footprints. Um, I'll say that Ariane has not figured this out yet. And so this is part of uh, what, what I'm asking uh, from you guys today and what, what I'm hoping to, to get some good discussion on um, is, is what are your, how, how are you planning on accomplishing this? I know Sean, you had mentioned that 20% uh, of your employees are just not coming back into the office. Is that, uh, anyone else, is that, uh, is that kind of what you're thinking? You have some people that are absolutely just full-time out of the office? Are you trying to schedule this out? What's, uh, what's the thinking out there? Jeff, I don't know about you and your organization or uh, Sean, are you still there? Yeah, I, I'm here. I mean, so, so just, yeah, to expound, uh, our office, um, I, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, our office, I think it seats 1,200 people. And we are actively, and, and we're actually surprisingly having success, um, we, we're subleasing half of our building. So right. 
there's only going to be 545 seats left. Um, and we're, we're actually not even back in the office yet. Um, I have been a few times, but we're not actively back in the office. So yeah, I mean, there is across the board in our company, there is an active pursuit to, uh, to shed uh, office real estate. Got it. Any other questions uh, based on uh, what Josh has presented today or, or things that you're, you're considering at your workspace regarding the hybrid workflow? Yeah, I can offer a couple of couple thoughts. Uh, this is Brent Owen. I'm with a company called Refine Technologies. We serve the refining turnaround space. Um, we were very fortunate in that most of our workforce in operations and business development have always kind of been in a hybrid model. They're at client sites or they're traveling on the road and we have offices, but folks kind of be where they need to be. So we've kind of been uh, remote from day one ground up. So we had a little bit of flexibility. Um, where this whole change impacted us was more for the office-centric folks, the back office people, accounting, HR, support staff, that sort of thing. And, um, and we're landing on a three-day-a-week schedule, three days in the office, two days at home, as a general philosophy, um, but not a schedule. And this is kind of a unique thing. I don't think you've covered on this, Josh, is mm -hmm. we've said generally Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is a great time for you to work. And generally, Monday, Friday, work from home. Business needs trump that. You need to be there on a Monday, you're there on a Monday. We're deciding philosophy over rigor. Um, so we don't have a situation, I can't support you on Monday, that's not my day in the office. Um, those aren't things to be said, be flexible on this. And we've kind of adopted the, um, the case of generally, when we all worked remote, it worked really, really, really well. When we were all together, it worked really, really, really well. When you have a split, 10 people in a conference room, three people calling in, didn't feel the same and vice versa. So that's what kind of drove us to this philosophy of when we're all together, we think we get better results. Um, now we think performance actually didn't suffer at all with work from home, but you know, team dynamics certainly feel different if you haven't been in the same room with a person for 18 months. So, so our drivers, we think we've probably lost some um, uh, uh, creativeness. We lost some uh, camaraderie lost a little bit of that um, uh, discretionary effort that you get when you have time with each other and you fight that good fight together. So, so we're going that direction. Um, interesting thing is we did have a couple of folks who loved work from home so much they decided that they didn't want to come back to the office and they're actually opting out of the organization or kind of accelerating retirements, that sort of deal. Um, this data just loved it so much. Um, and, but we're at the place we want folks to come back. But that's been a very, very small number. I think that's one or two people are considering that. Well, well, so Brent, Brent. Brent, do you feel like uh, now that you have returned to the office for this three-day week schedule, do you feel like that that's been effective then um, to um, to bring back the camaraderie and bring back uh, some of the creative thinking that you feel like you were losing in the entirely work from home approach? Man, too early to tell. I can tell you the first week, which is just two weeks ago that we started coming back, hmm. we had two or three people schedule workshops in our building. You could see the energy in everybody's faces being in the same room. So you know, anecdotally, I'd love to say the uh, the response was off the charts. Being together in a space felt so different. Um, sure. Hey, success. Too early to call. Um, uh, uh, so, where this does to our footprint question? Why I gave you all that preambles? Our footprint question is: We don't see expanding. We see just getting creative with the space you have, mm -hmm. growing the business, not expanding the footprint. More hoteling, more shared spaces, 
more no assigned offices. You come in, plop down, anybody works anywhere, that sort of thing. Where an office becomes a, uh, a meeting space uh, as opposed to your little uh, piece of real estate. Um, that's kind of where we'll move towards. So uh, shrinking is harder to, to really justify. Growing is almost impossible to justify your office space, even if the business grows. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that is our, our current philosophy is that we're going to grow uh, into the space that we have and don't have any plans on expanding our space. Um, but yeah, we're going to need to get creative on how we're going to do it. And that's, uh, that's still where it's up in the air. There's going to be a mix of, um, uh, of, I guess, cultural changes that we're going to need to have uh, if we're going to very uh, much maximize our space. Uh, but then also technical um, technical changes, uh, stuff like uh, what, what Talia was talking about with uh, with hoteling, um, that is is absolutely going to be required for this. Uh, but then it also brings me to my last slide here of uh, of making sure that we stay responsive and listening to uh, to our team members. Um, and so we, through the pandemic and, and then since coming back to the office, we've done several surveys uh, of our employees. Uh, noting that they've been generally very happy with this hybrid setup. I know it's something that our employees have really appreciated uh, being able to have that kind of flexibility. And so it's something that uh, I think by now everyone realizes that it's not going to go away. There's no going back to a, a five-day week schedule uh, in the office. It's something that's, you know, it's, it's been proven that this works well and we can keep productivity up uh, in a hybrid model. Um, and it's something that uh, is going to be with us going forward. Um, but you know, through through the uh, uh, through surveys, we have made changes to our our setup, and so uh, surveying actually ends up being a really effective tool uh, to get feedback from uh, your employees to 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 make the modifications you need to your hybrid setup uh, to to uh, to get everything working well. Uh, in addition to that, to surveys, we've also uh, implemented uh, several town halls. Um, I know Edmund and Michelle have done a great job uh, managing through a a very difficult time over the past year. Uh, but one of the things that they did really well was communicate to the teams. And, and one of the things that, uh, that Microsoft Teams has, uh, is, is great at is, is conducting these big town halls where they can talk to, to everyone at once, uh, but then also being very intentional about having the, uh, the, the focus town halls of uh, maybe 15 to 20 people and get, get feedback and in-person, well, virtual in-person feedback uh, from, from employees. And so that, that ended up being very effective in, in helping us develop this, uh, this hybrid work model philosophy, uh, that, that's, that is, has been so effective, um, for us today. Well, Josh, let, let's just take a quick break there. It's time for the FTE expert ask and give. So Josh, for this audience today, what's your ask and give? Well, so asking, I've actually already been doing throughout this presentation, right? I've been asking about, uh, uh, about your experience in, um, in in shared office spacing and what, uh, what what that could look like in the future. And so specifically, I'd love to talk more to someone who has taken an organization through that transition of, of being uh, a culture where everything is in uh, is your office space and uh, you have that expectation that you have your own office and, and it will be yours when you're there. Uh, to something that it's much more flexible and something that uh, could allow us to uh, then um, uh, make uh, uh, our, our footprint more available to more people um, uh, throughout the course of a no, week. So, and again, with the goal of being able to reduce footprint size. 
Um, and then give, I have a lot of experience now um, in the uh, cloud infrastructure environment. Um, right. And so I, I'd, I'd love a chance to, to talk to somebody else about that. Uh, if, if anyone's struggling with uh, getting things set up in the cloud, um, I've got some great referrals to uh, reliable IT and prolytics of, uh, of people that you can work with uh, to get uh, to get off the ground. One of the things that we experienced uh, with uh, with going to the cloud is there's a lot of organizations that are are, are great at uh, transitioning you from on-premise to cloud environments, but then it doesn't seem like there's like a whole lot of people out there that know what to do once you're there. And so it's something that I think both of those organizations have done a great job helping us navigate uh, as, as since we started in the cloud what to yeah. do going forward to, to really maximize our use of it. Got it. Thank you, Josh. Folks, today's show is brought to you by the FTE Underwriters, Porter Hedges, Attorneys at Law, the informed choice for complicated litigation in the energy business, Unique Ventures, the energy hybrid technology accelerator with a unique approach to venture capital, Arian, the full service project engineering and design firm, respected, trusted, and highly valued by select energy industry clients, Interpoint, protecting what you care about most, people, profits, brands, and the environment. And Alliance Benefits Group, building retirement plans for your business that work. Okay, Josh, let's open this back up. Folks, uh, like we have been, continue to introduce yourself and just share uh, your take on today's group question, which is, well, what about transitioning to a hybrid work? Oh, John, I think we're, we're we're losing you a little bit there. All right, so while we're waiting for John to come back, the the the, the question to open up is what what about the hybrid transition uh, is keeping you up at night? What what problems and challenges do you continue to see? Uh, Brent, I think you had a great uh, comment about uh, it not working when ten people are in the office in a conference room and three people are remote. Um, is, is there, is that uh, an ex a common experience for a lot of people? I know that's something that's, uh, that, that I've recently started running against, um, is that it's just, it's not quite the same. Um, when everyone's at home, everyone's on the screen, kind of like we are today where everyone can see each other. Um, it, it feels very, uh, it, it, it's, it's, you can get a lot of great interaction. Uh, but then in uh, a conference room where 10 people are there and three people are remote, uh, the guys that aren't there in the office end up uh, not intentionally, but often get left out of the conversation. Uh, and that uh, ends up not being great for sharing ideas. Um, anybody else have any other comments about, uh, about your experiences with hybrid work? Well, Josh, I'll kind of offer a, <clears throat> kind of an extension observation here that might, might impact. <clears throat> if there's transactional work, processing AP, processing invoices, and stuff that's very mature, well understood, very defined processes. We find that that's a, you know, pretty successful to do anywhere. Um, we found when there's collaborative work that that tends to do a little bit better, either all remote or all in person. Um, and when there's kind of relationship forming, I think, you know, we think that starts better in person. Our new hire orientations are all in person. So, so we've kind of had to think work schedule, but also work type. Um, and, then, and then the kind of the, the related observation is being a service industry that we've really focused highly on culture items related to kind of a people service industry. 
we don't make a product uh, per se, we'll provide a service. So, so we re really lean into the people side. That is the secret sauce of, of our success here. So we've kind of factored that into how we, how we figured out how to make our schedule work. But again, we're a few weeks into being back. So right. I can say our remote was incredibly successful and we think we're off to our good start at our hybrid coming back. Hello, Josh. Uh, I can uh, give a couple of comments. Uh, my sure. name is Andreas uh, from uh, Shell. And uh, one, one thing that uh, certainly uh, I would like to add into the context is, uh, of course, we have organizations that spread throughout many continents and many time zones. I found, uh, despite the fact that the personal uh, contact has been reduced, the access and participation of people from different uh, continents has increased uh, because they, they made it a little bit more easy for them to be uh, dialing in from home. Whether it's 7 p.m., uh, most, most usually it's 6 to 7 p.m. If, if you're India, you're trying to catch a Houston call, uh, or, or maybe even in the middle of the night if something very, you know, very uh, unique, but we avoid that. So I think that uh, that's the first realization that we need to include people who are in different countries and time zones. The second part is actually, if we're talking about hybrid, by default, we're talking about a video conference-like meetings and, and interactions. If we really try to do the face-to-face the -face where people are around the table looking at each other and there's only one who's looking at the camera or looking at the screen, these are two different meetings. They're not one meeting. And... Uh, uh, we, if we really do the video video conference type setting where everyone is looking at the screen where the, all the, particip the, the virtual participants are and we are one room together and we're interacting like that, that will make everyone feel more included. And that's probably where we need better technology, better people who know how to run the technology. We, we don't have enough of those. And we have places where actually people start preloading pre files and, and background information before the meeting starts, so we're ready to run. Oh, absolutely, and I think I, I definitely appreciate your comment about how much uh, the the openness to work from anywhere has been uh, has it's really been a global phenomenon, right? And so, in the result of that is exactly like you said, it's given access um, to to people all around the world um, to collaborate in that creative way, as Bryn said, beyond just the transactional stuff, uh, but, uh, but it's given everyone access to uh, people to collaborate with where wherever they are in the world. Uh, I know it's uh, we, uh, we we use a software called Drawboard over here for uh, for our uh, PDF markup tools and our collaborative markups, um, and so. Uh, we've it's a relatively new company and they've been really great uh, working with us to uh, um, to improve on th their core offering and I, I've been able to have extensive meetings with their development team over in Australia um, and it's been great uh, meeting those guys and actually having them uh, in in our in our virtual environments and I don't think that would have ever those kinds of meetings would never have occurred um, without, uh, without this happening. So it's definitely an interesting benefit that has occurred there. All right, how about anybody else? Uh, Life, what about you over in, uh, you guys over in Norway? How would you, uh, can you talk a little bit about your experience and how that relates to what you're hearing today? I, I can, John, and I think, you know, what I think a lot of what we've heard 
is really matching our experience. Uh, just short info for everybody, we sort of, we were in this hybrid environment a long time before the pandemic, in the sense that we had a team that was uh, uh, located across multiple time zones and office locations, and we still had to work together on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that one of the learnings that I really recognize is that hybrid does not work for meetings. Either you are all physical or you are all uh, online to sort of have a part of the group in, in a conference room joining with the two or three or four people who are not. That is really one of the things that we early understood is a no-go. And I think that that realization also made us approach our office space in a completely different way. What we've sort of come to realize is that for the office space to work, it's need to be, it needs to be set up so that you can participate in an online meeting without disturbing the people around you. So effectively, we are looking at an office space where everybody really have to have their own office. To have these big offices with, with shell spaces and open landscape is really not working for us because it really kills the, the fact that people are contributing into these online meetings all the time. And maybe they are in the same online meeting and they are sitting close to each other in the office space. And it's it sort of becomes a hassle. So I think office space that allows for uh, uh, online meetings Focus on having physical when you can, but maybe thinking a bit different about the physical meeting, because we've sort of come to this place where we realize that we need to get together in order to, 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 to function as a team. But when we get together, we can, we can go purely for these factors that make us a great team. We don't have to work so much. We can rather spend all the time on, on adjusting personalities and getting to know each other and, and figure out the frictions. And then when we get back online, we work together anyway. So it's, it's, bit, it's a bit of separating out what you want to do physical and what you need to do physical and then keep the rest online and then facilitate that it works really well online and, and definitely not go hybrid on, on meetings that we've totally given up on that. And, and in some, this also makes uh, you look at your office space in, in maybe a completely different uh, uh, um, perspective where you need your office space, whether it's at home or whether it's in the office, to facilitate being able to work well together online. So I think that is, that is a short summary of, of our learnings at least, John. Interesting. Any feedback, uh, thoughts on that from anybody else? Any other questions? Uh, John Lewis, uh, NASA, a uh, little bit different environment. How are you guys approaching this? Um, we uh, kind of got thrown a loop uh, from the standpoint of we were preparing this stepwise return back and that changed when the CDC said, hey, everybody can come back. And so we're still trying to rejigger how we do that. Two different kinds of folks uh, uh, at NASA in general, I guess, anywhere. There's a lot of folks either work in mission operations or in, in lab space. They've got to be there. And so they're like, yeah, I've got to get back to work, right? Uh, and then there are folks that are, you know, doing this work where it's communication with people across the country. To that latter group, I think it is much easier to work at home. I think what you lose when you don't have some presence uh, in the core workspace is that tie-in with the technical or development community where you can walk down the hall and ask somebody, hey, what are y'all doing with this? As opposed to 
you know, losing that connection, then you, you assume the worst. And so I think that's the main thing I miss and I'm looking to get back in July, whether the office space is ready or not, just to hope to regain that uh, normalcy. Uh, um, question for you, that, that walk down the hall um, were you guys able to simulate that with any technology like Microsoft Teams or anything else? Or have you got found a way to, the, the, what is the virtual walk down the hall in your world? It, Teams has worked very well for us on the walk down the halls. Matter of fact, in many cases, Teams sometimes can be better in a walk down the hall, right? Because you can leave somebody a message and it's there for the whole day, right? And so if somebody sees it, they'll respond to it any time of the day where there is times I walk down the hall and somebody's not there because they're out of town for a sick kid or what have you. Uh, I think where the walk down the hall doesn't work as well is if I'm going to go into the lab space and, and want to see some physical, hey, this is how this separator is working. This is this challenge we're seeing. Uh, being able to see that uh, in, in beautiful 3D uh, uh, definitely helps. And I don't know if a, if a tool, the tools are there yet to necessitate better than that. Yeah, and Brent, I'll, I think I'll add on on the uh, virtual walk down the hall using Teams. Um, it, it's something that we developed uh, over the past the court of uh, last year. I think our offshore uh, team in particular has done a really great job at implementing um, the actual Teams channel portions of Teams and using that very effectively. Uh, and that is just such a great way for multiple people to communicate uh, instead of email. Um, because it's, it keeps a good threaded conversation that allows you to add content to it. But then it also, uh, you know, it, it's like a virtual water cooler in that other people can see the conversation that's happening in real time. Um, and so that's been very important, uh, definitely in our virtual environment uh, and, and continuing on in the hybrid environment as well. Right. Uh, I just sent over, Josh, when we were talking earlier, you've got several different areas and we've touched on many of these. Um, but guys, I put this out there if it sparks any other questions that you might have for the group as a whole. Um, we talked about culture and walking down the hall. Um, we talked about uh, some of the tech uh, in conference rooms and mixed environments. Did, did we touch on that enough? I'm, I'm, um, I'm yeah, I think uh, the the uh, the uh, the general opinion I'm hearing from folks is that uh, I don't let, let's not waste uh, adding any more tech to conference rooms. It just either needs to be entirely virtual or entirely in person. Um, and the the kind of hybrid mixed uh, conference room isn't isn't going to work too well. And that's you know we're, we're seeing some of that. Um, I'm still I don't know that I'm I'm ready to, get, to give up on it though. I, I do wonder if there is not. Uh, 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 setups that you could implement um, in conference rooms that would allow you to to still see um, still see the people like you do in, in a Teams conversation or a Zoom call like this, um, but then still and have them almost almost like you're in the room with them because that's going to be important as like Andrea said about uh, you know there's there's still going to be remote people that are working or if you're going to be collaborating around the globe uh, in a lot of these organizations and that's going to be uh, very crucial. Um, to, to optimize that correctly. And I think we, then we can further take advantage of that in, in local hybrid environments. You know, we had a funny thing happen. I don't know if you guys have seen this. So in the live conference, 
you end up having all these side conversations. So if you've dialed in, it just sounds like a bunch of noise, right? But right. when we're all virtual like this, the side conversation has looked like the unrelated chat that's going on in the chat box while the live meeting's going on. So you see kind of, you still have, you can't stop that human nature. If people want to talk what they want to talk about when they want to talk about it, it just looks like the main, the main show, the main stage is on the screen and all the side conversations are in the chat. Is that just us or you guys seeing the same thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I suspect it's happening on this call. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> and I also discovered that uh, us working professionals are just as easily amused by dropping stupid pictures in the team's chat as <laughs> our kids are, probably to a, a extent that our kids would be embarrassed. So let's just yeah. say lots of Justin Timberlake memes have made their way into our chats, uh, no matter what's going on. So. We've, uh, we've, we've tried to have some fun with that. And we think that that has actually lightened some of the intensity of the remote working. So I don't know, again, sounds like we're no different than you guys when it comes to that. Love it. That's awesome, Brent. So any last words? I, I see that Andreas talks about a telepresence with Microsoft Teams. Uh, Andreas, do you want to expand on that? The, so uh, John, I think this is two different things that I, I hope one day, if not even today, could become can work together. And at Shell, we do have telepresence, which is really a very high definition, very high uh, speed uh, transmission of video images. So you almost actually can see the person in front of you in the screen. But if we really allow people to LinkedIn from their home using Teams or a telepresence link, so they, can, they could be part of the screen or there could be a, a one a frame in the screen then we can have people in, in the telepresence room, which is actually amphitheatrical, but you can have people at home doing the same thing. And I'm sure someone is already thinking about that technology that, or that uh, startup venture to do that, you know? I can kind of speak to my experience with that. I used to, uh, right before the pandemic, worked at a, a large telecom in Canada. And because we're having to deal with different teams across Canada, um, we had uh, Cisco enabled uh, devices in all of our conference rooms. So, you know, even if a team member had to work from home that day, but we're talking to people in Kelowna or in Calgary, um, we had one screen that kind of had everyone's faces on it. And then the other screen was where um, whoever was sharing their screen, the content was presented. So when at the time when uh, the pandemic happened and we had to kind of shift from home, uh, shift to home, all of those kind of technologies were already set up. And so when that organization goes back to the office, it'll be very similar to what you're describing is, you know, there will be people on the videos already, but also there'll be people um, in the office. And because it was a facilities team, some of them have even been in the office during this time uh, to make sure, you know, there's no floods or fires. Um, so I can see that probably more organizations will be adopting that way um, of working and teleconferencing in the future. Well, thanks, Talia. That's going to be the last word. So folks, how was the discussion in networking today? Our post-show notes will hit your email very soon. Please take that 30-second survey in order to get your copy of today's attendee contact list. You'll also find links to the FTE videos and podcasts from previous shows. Hey, FTE belongs to you. It's your community and networking platform. Don't forget to follow up, connect the dots with each of the people that you've met after the show. Good experience today? Share it with others that you want to network with. Forward newsletters, invite your contacts to our events. Folks, we're out of time. 
Be sure and join us for our next event, June 29th, on setting up Working Parents for Success with Cindy Cisneros, VP Education of the CED Think Tank. She's gonna share child care strategies uh, and models that employers are using to help employees back to the workplace post-pandemic. Sign up right now on our website, fte.network. Tell your friends. Well, it's bonus time. If you'd like to spend a few more minutes uh, in networking with Josh, make sure and accept the bonus room invitation that Gus will be popping up right now on your screen. Thanks once again, Josh, and to everybody on the A-team at Arion, and all of you for making FTE Tuesdays the smartest 45 minutes of your day. Thanks, folks. Take care, and uh, we'll see some of you in the bonus room in just a minute.